versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com Hello and welcome to another edition of Alpha Geek Interviews for Friday, the 9th of September, 2011. Please excuse the raspy quality of my voice. The creeping crud has descended upon me, but we will plunge ahead anyway because we have a fine, fine Alpha Geek for all of you this week. Joining me via the miracle of the interwebs, artist extraordinaire and all-around geek icon, Len Peralta, is joining us. Am I a geek icon? Can you say that about me? I I think you are. Well, you certainly <laughs> draw icons, certainly uh, often enough. So, I'm going to go with it myself because okay. that's how I, I roll. Will, I will I will allow you to call me a geek icon. That's fine. You will permit it. See, the fact that you felt you needed to grant me permission just reinforces the whole icon thing. There you go. There I'm you always, go. I, yeah, I, 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 um, you may, you may proceed. Go ahead. I shall proceed by saying welcome to Alpha Geek Interviews. Well, thank you very much for having me here. I appreciate it. No, you came uh, very highly recommended from not one but many of our recent guests here on Alpha Geek Interviews. They'll say, "Oh no, you, you, you must get Len." I'm not sure if they're all playing a very well organized joke on me, but uh, from our conversations <laughs> yeah. before the show. I'm going to go with, uh, no, it was a heartfelt recommendation that, oh, hell yeah, you got to get this <laughs> no, guy. They're, they're all coming in right now, and we're all giggling. This is all being live-streamed somewhere, so we're all laughing at you behind your back. So. I freaking knew it, you know? <laughs> got me when I was sick, kicking me when I'm down. This, there you I, go. I see how it is now. No, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us and come be nerdy with us on the interwebs. So let us begin, as it were, at the beginning. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I am from Cleveland, Ohio. That will make some members of our station very happy. Yes. <laughs> That's all you have to know. Oh, hell I am yeah. A, I, no, I, yeah, I am a, I'm an artist from Cleveland, and uh, I, I've been doing this whole internet drawing thing um, eh, for about five years or so. I don't know. It's been, I, I, you know, it only really started kicking in um, probably about two or three years ago where I started doing a lot more geeky artwork for people and uh so so that's you know i I like to think that you know i like to think that i'm helping out cleveland because cleveland does not have a whole lot going for it uh right now although we did just have um the avengers film here joss whedon hung out here for about two weeks uncle joss yeah Did, did, did you stalk him on my behalf um, you know, I, 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 I wish I could have. I was I was so busy, um, and uh, I did not get a chance to go downtown to uh, to stalk him. But uh, but it was cool that he was like in this proximity. The closest I got to it was uh, was that uh, I I went down there one night with my kids, and we uh, uh, they had closed down a section of East Ninth Street in downtown Cleveland, turned that into. Uh, 42nd Street in New York, so it had all these things like Madison Avenue and all these other things that were fake, and they were blowing up cars and stuff like that. So I took the kids down there, and um, they had just done like a firefight. Like they had um, these dudes from Columbus come down uh, in these Humvees, and uh, real army men come down and have this big firefight in the middle of the street. So we walked around the back way through the uh, uh, food carts. And we ended up on the set, like, like literally walking onto the middle of the set of the of the Avengers. Whoopsie! And we, yeah, and we were like, should we be here? Look like um, you belong. Look like but, you belong. <laughs> it was, but we, you know, we uh, we were there, and we got to see, um, you know, them kind of wrapping up for the day and things, and it was cool. I can actually say that I was on the set of the Avengers. So very cool. You are made of win. I am. Your geek cred has just, you know, skyrocketed. Yes. Yes. Earlier, I, I had kind of failed my alpha geek uh, stuff because I, I said, there's a way to listen to the show. Come and listen. I was telling people on Twitter to come listen to the show, but I didn't know how. So <laughs> I, I think I I think I failed my, my alpha geek. But I brought it back by saying that I was on the uh, the set of the Avengers. You so. can stay. 
Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, a recurring theme, actually, on this show has been the use of the internet for setting up and our, our recurring theme here, of course, is geeky businesses and, or geeky, uh, nerdy type of pr- pursuits. But just the the power that the internet puts into the hands of people like us to self promote. And yeah. mostly, up until now, it's been mostly musicians we've spoken to about Creative Commons distribution and being able to open their own stores and such to sell their music. You're coming from a different approach of the graphic artist. Yeah. And what you know, what was the seed, the idea that, hey, this, this, this might work for me? Did you try the, you know, the hitherto traditional method of getting into professional art creation and then fall back on this? Or did you just go straight for, I'm going to try me some internet? No, you know, you know what ended up happening? I, I, I have always been an artist uh, you know, for as long as I can remember. And, uh, and what, what I think what really kind of turned things around or made me notice that, hey, this, there, I can probably do this somehow, was uh, the rise of podcasting and social media. And I think well, we talked a little bit about this off, off air. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we I think it was those two things that really helped uh, uh, promote my art. Um, for those of you who remember years and years ago when pro- podcasting first started, when it was just a baby, uh, this would be circa 2005, 2004. Back in uh, my day. Remember that? Remember those days? When <sighs> podcasting was very novel. My lawn, get uh, off it. There was a site called Podcast Alley. I remember and, that well. uh, that was a place where all these new podcasters could go to just hang out and talk. And at that time, there was only like a handful. It was like, this is pre, um, pre, uh, you know, before the era of iTunes podcasts and, and, you know, before they started to get into it. So it was really, really guys with microphones and a, and a MacBook or a computer just really talking and recording and putting stuff up. So it was a very small little community. It was growing pretty quickly. And when, what happened was is uh, I saw an opportunity because people were saying, oh, I need some art for my uh, for my show. Right. And so I would, you know, I was on the, the message boards over there. And so what I started doing is I started drawing images uh, for people. Uh, and uh, it, for totally for free. Just like, you know, hey, you, you need something? I'll draw it. Just give me something. So there's a whole thread over there of just me drawing stuff for people. And that's how I got to meet people like Scott Johnson, and uh, and uh, I had met Brian Ibbett and, and other people uh, who are big in the podcasting world, uh, and uh, and so it was it was a combination of that and also um, uh, meeting up with with you'd mentioned musicians meeting up with musicians like uh, Jonathan Colton and drawing art for them as well, uh, and as their uh, as as uh, Jonathan's star sort of took off uh, in an upward trajectory. Um, my art kind of went along with it a little bit, um, and uh, got to be well known from from that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, the synergy there, when you stop to consider it, is fairly obvious. Um, looking at the various album covers and, and and supporting art for even individual songs that you can see on your various feeds here, um, it looks like you fed off each other very nicely during the the burst of people realizing, hey, I don't have to stick to major traditional media outlets to find stuff that I like. I've always asserted that one of the things the internet does well is allows us to find each other, us being, you know, insert your particular niche here. Yes. And it allows us to connect to each other and realize, oh, hey, I'm not alone, and there's other people who like this particular brand of whatever it may be. Um, so you uh, seem to have uh, enjoyed some success in using that, putting your your creations out there and, and bringing in the people who are your target audience via the internet. Yeah, well, I think what, what also had happened is that, you know, um, for a while, I want to say, like, anything that... Now, this was, like, pre-podcasting, probably, like, around maybe 2000, 2002, where you would hear about someone putting out music on the internet or putting out art on the internet um, anything creative I guess and it would always be sort of like eh, 
not so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's someone who's just kind of doing, trying to try to come up with something for themselves, and and it wasn't, it wasn't completely there. Right. But I think what ended up happening around that time when podcasting came out was that not only to your point where we were we able to find one another, but I think what was really kind of mind blowing is that the stuff we were finding and the people that were coming out were really really super talented um and it was uh it was you know it was i I think i I come back to colton only because um he was he was kind of relevant in in, in what i was doing but i remember hearing um colton's songs and thinking this is like not like this is this is something big this is something that is someone who was who's, who's writing really good uh really good songs really good musically lyrically um, and uh, and is not backed by any sort of uh, uh, you know label or anything like that. And so in that way, I think a lot of us were looking at it like, wow, we had really discovered something. Uh, and there were a lot of other different musicians. Um, uh, Chance was another one uh, who who was someone who was like, wow, these these people are really super good, and nobody has discovered them yet. No one's found them. So it was kind of like a secret club almost that we. That we all felt like, wow, this is this is cool, and so I think I'd like to think that somehow um, I was able to kind of, you know, jump on that with the art as well. That I, you know, I'm, you know, I can. You called me a geek icon at the top of the show, but you know, no one knows who I am. Oh, <laughs> no one, you know, no one really. People who matter. No my art. Know who I mean, you, you can't are. Open, you can't go into a comic book store and find me in it or anything. But but you know, but the nice thing is is that. Uh, people seem to know my art and know my style, which is or are starting to. I guess I shouldn't be so presumptuous, but well, it's, I think that that, um, that goes to the point of you no longer need to break in with somebody like a Marvel or a DC to still be our artist. I mean, we we can find you via the internet, and you know, and people do like to have that feeling of you. Know, I'm I I found this, and I am a member of the secret society of the club. Mm-hmm. I know that this is here, but it, and you used to only really get to show up on people's radar if you did make it into the comic book store, um, right. and that's really no longer a necessary step. You have found us uh, by by being willing to put your stuff, and a more important point is that you put a lot of stuff. One of the things I like about and, and it has been a common thread in all the people who've successfully used the internet to self-promote is you've consistently created and had a steady flow of stuff for us to enjoy. Sure. Uh, so you've set yourself challenges, uh, Geek A Week being an obvious example of that. Tell us a little about the original Geek A Week project. Oh, yeah. Well, Geek A Week is, uh, is, is kind of... It, it was a little bit of an homage to to Jonathan Colton in some ways um, with his thing a week um, music uh, challenge where he wrote a song every week for 52 weeks. Um, I decided to kind of do something similar uh, with art, and um, at the time uh, I was I had come up with Geek a Week. I, I happened to be working on some other projects um, that were, were were pretty geeky, pretty important in the geek world. Uh, one of the things I was working on was uh, doing some art for Woodstock. Um, I did the first, very first poster for the Woodstocks that were in San Francisco and, uh, and L.A. when they first started back in October of 2009. So it was really cool to be on the ground floor of that cool Pollen Storm project, the uh, uh, Woodstock. If, if anybody has not gone to a Woodstock, Go now, um, as soon as there is one. Yeah, as soon as there is one. Well, especially I, if they're I, considering it, making it into an actual you know, music festival style. Yes, I, I hope trans, that happens. transmogrifying into something else, which I, is going to so be I so want that to cool. happen. Um, but I was, I was working on that. I was working on um, a, a book with uh, Trace Beaulieu from Mystery Science Theater 3000 called Silly Rhymes. And I, I really enjoyed it. I really loved uh, working on that kind of stuff. And Geek A Week was kind of a response to being like, well, I want to do more of this. How can I do it, and how can I also meet some pretty cool people? Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I had collaborated with um, Paul and Storm on, on the uh, on writing the card backs, and uh, well, and yeah, I started actually back up the truck slightly. Yeah. We're assuming that our listeners know what Geek Week is. What f- oh. what form does the Geek Week take? 
Yes, you know, I always forget about. I always, I, 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 there's so much to say about Geek Week, but I'm here Geek for you. Geek Week is a, um, is a, it was a year long art project that I started in 2010, where I would connect with 52 geeks in 52 weeks and draw them as trading card portraits. Uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, and that was what was kind of cool. I, I set up these parameters for the project uh, on my own, which was that. I had to actually connect with the person. I had to interview the person and talk to them uh, in some way, uh, and that is and that is how I added them to the deck. Because any artist, see, if you're just a normal artist, anybody can draw who I was drawing. But the fact that I was able to actually interview them and talk to them is is something kind of cool. It also adds a layer of nerdiness to it um, because <laughs> because I think the, the trading card uh, idea just speaks to nerddom in general, just because. I think being a geek kind of, you know, you're part hoarder, I think. Well, I mean, as an example here, I'm looking at card number 48, Paul yeah. and Storm. Yes. Now, you've chosen to represent them in the style of the 1980s television version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Zephod Beetlebrox. Right. So, you've just slathered nerd with geek there. And yes. wrapped it in awesome because you've got them, of course, as a two-headed individual being with a microphone in one hand, pan galactic gargle blaster in the other hand, and the third arm, of course, giving the thumbs up. But I mean, you, I'm just awash with because I've got you know the, the place in my nerd brain that's Paul and Storm, and is, is constantly playing a loop tape of the captain's wife's lament. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mighty long loop tape. Yeah, well, you think? Depends on which, which rendition. You, they just keep getting bigger. <laughs> and then you're tapping into my inner Douglas Adams love and my love for that original television series. And then not only do you do the art for the front of the card, but you're also usually getting someone to do card backs for you. So these are... Not just you know single pieces of art; they're an actual trading card, like you would have with yes. a trading card game. So, how, tell me a little bit how you do the the back, the reverse side. Well, the back side is um, are, are written by Paul and Storm. Um, uh, most of the most of the card backs, and this is by their own admission, are written by by Storm of Paul and Storm, who is an incredibly talented writer, and uh, he. Um, uh, you know, every you know, <laughs> we started this project uh, really as a lark, just saying, you know what, I'm going to start and just, uh, you know, I thought I'd, I'm going to get a couple people, some friends of mine, get together and see, and then maybe I'll see if I can get in touch with other, any other people too, you know. And so I asked Storm, hey, would you want to write the card back? He's like, yeah, sure, that's cool. Not even not knowing like what this project would become, and uh, <laughs> and it just it kind of like. Uh, rippled out bigger than I could possibly imagine. So from the people that I started with, I, the number one card is, is Jonathan Colton as kind of, an, like I said earlier, as an homage to his thing a week thing, to number 52, which was uh, uh, Stan Lee. And then all these other people in between that I got to talk to and have these interactions with, which were totally awesome. Uh, it just, I mean... It just kind of blows my mind a little bit, and and you know, and it, it, that that whole year to me was kind of a blur, uh, because I was I was putting together this project, I was drawing the art, I was interviewing people, I was doing so much stuff, um, that now like st- stepping back and looking at who I was able to talk to, it's kind of like whoa, that's wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so so I can appreciate it from a nerd standpoint, where it's like, yeah, I I, I think I did something that that. Um, the nerd in all of us wanted to wanted to wants to do in some way uh and uh and and you know i like to think that i'm taking one for the team everybody well (laughs) i'm as you're saying this you're making me come to the realization that a big part of my motivation for creating alpha geek interviews has been to have the excuse to hunt all of you down and get to talk to you Yes, it's it's kind of it's kind of creepy, isn't it? A little bit creepy. Yeah, but it's so damn much fun. So I'm right it there is. with you. It is, it, and that's and you know, and that's what's so cool. Not only um, you get you have to you get to put some this little notch in your belt, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've collected somebody. I way. talked to Lynn Peralta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, nah, that's not as big of a notch, but uh, you know, uh, you you get to you get to you get to interact with somebody, and. Um, 
And and then the trading card format of the Geek of Week uh, cards is it was is just a stroke of genius. It was um, it's perfect. There, it fits us. Yeah, exactly. And and I've worked on a lot of different creative projects, and Geek a Week I'm particularly proud of only because it seemed to come together really, really quickly. And when you're working on a creative project of this magnitude and scope, sometimes it's easy to like get to a point of the project and be like, oh, man, you know, I should have done this at the beginning, and, you know, and, and, and it just didn't really work. Um, and uh, but, but not so with this project. It's very rare that I have things hit so many times on, on, on the right cylinders with a creative project and um, not only art wise but but writing wise and, and, and people wise and concept wise it's uh, it's something that uh, uh, that I'm, I'm extremely proud of and, and really happy that I had a chance to uh, to do so well as a, a side effect of you getting to know the various geeks that were going to be geek a week you have produced a number of podcasts along with this yes so if you go to len peralta or just geek a week geek a week.net yeah uh you can find the geek a week site and on the left hand side is linked to podcasts um and you can hear the various interviews of you sitting down and chewing the rag with all these various nerdy type people yeah of which i am looking at the list here extremely jealous of you and, and <laughs> meet you in person i'm gonna smack you upside the head <laughs> and then hug you um so just be prepared for that. So you are also enjoying uh, the fun that is the uh, ability to publish things like podcasts via the Internet. Yes. Um, and and it, this it's so funny because the podcast portion of the project was a, was a complete afterthought. Um, I, I was... I started by just calling a few, like I talked to Colton, I talked to a few people, like I started talking, like I think after it was the first two geeks, it was Jonathan Colton and then Fred Siebert, who I'm a huge fan of um, from Cartoon Network, he also created Adventure Time, um, and I had these conversations and I was not recording them, Don't. and I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, I ought to do that, because, but I, at that point I hadn't thought that... It, a, it was going to be anything bigger than maybe like a couple weeks. I thought the best I could do is maybe like squeak out like five weeks and then be like, okay, what next? <laughs> but as I started to like fill in the roster and be like, oh, okay, this person can be this week and fill that out. I thought, you know, I better start recording these because um, for just for posterity in some sort of a documentary way, um, uh, you know, just have these, if not for if not for my, uh, my, just for myself, but for other people. And, um, and so that was kind of like a secondary, a completely secondary thought. And um, the format of the podcasts um, are, I ask everybody the same questions. I have like a list of about 15 questions that I ask everybody. Oh, you're going to get hit with my version of that later in the show. Just brace yourself. Oh, cool. Cool. I love, I love doing that. That's, um, it's, it's fun. Uh, the, the idea was that, um, a, uh, the original idea was just to make my job easier, so I didn't have to do a ton, ton of research when I was talking to somebody. Um, I, I could, you know, I, I could just do an interview with somebody, have asking these funny questions, and then move ahead. But what ended up happening is that uh, it kind of leveled the playing field between all the people I talked to, and um, you know, uh, talking to like Steve Wozniak from Apple Computer. He's not going to get any different questions than, say, uh, Paul and Storm or uh, Veronica Belmont. Uh, they're all going to get the same interview. And I think um, that was, once again, another little happy accident that happened, which was like, you know, we're not – it isn't about – well, once again, it's not being necessarily about an alpha geek here. It's just about being a geek. Uh, and um, and I thought that was that was really a neat little thing uh, from the project that I was real happy about. That, ha uh, happy accidents are what happy accidents. Things. Yeah, I'll play our little uh, intro here because you're gonna about to give us your first shameless plug. So stand by. Now is the time for a shameless plug. So Len, your first uh, shameless plug. I believe you're about to embark upon a new round of Geek a Week. Tell us about that. Yes. Actually, um, one week ago today uh, in Atlanta, Georgia at DragonCon, I was able to uh, have a panel where I not only got some of the um, people who were part of Geek a Week Season 1 uh, together, which was a pretty epic panel. It was the biggest panel at DragonCon. 
and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was able to um, uh, to do the reunion, but also launch season two of Geek a Week, uh, which is not as big as Geek a Week. It's not a fifty-two week uh, set, uh, but what it is, it's a uh, it's a smaller fifteen card set with one secret bonus geek that has yet to be revealed. Although, if you are a backer, that's the uh, that's the idea. Um, I, I'm running it through Kickstarter. Uh, so if you go to kickstarter.com search geek week you can you can find the project and fund it um little tiny feather in my cap here while we were preparing for this podcast uh the the kickstarter hit 100% so it will be actually cre- uh created the cards will be made uh and you can go if you haven't gone already to this order um pre-order your set uh and uh so it's uh it's 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 pretty cool i am uh, i'm excited to do it and there's some really great geeks um, that I'm be talking to uh, that I've that I've actually interviewed and, and, and uh, drawn their card, and I'll be releasing those. Probably releasing another one later today, which is pretty cool. So, well, congratulations on reaching your Kickstarter goal in in what nice round numbered one week time. Yes, it, it, it was weird. It was exactly exactly one week because my panel was at one o'clock uh, last Friday, and it hit it at like one o'clock uh, or uh, or two o'clock. Um, uh, today, so uh, so it was exactly almost to the to the minute uh, since I launched it. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> Completely awesome, and grats. Thank you. All right, that brings us neatly, I believe, to our first break in the action. We're gonna take a little break here, so we can sip some water, rest our voices, and play some lovely Podsafe music for all of you. And coming up in this break, we have, from the aforementioned Jonathan Colton's brand new album. And if you have not gone to buy it, why not? This is off of Artificial Heart. This is Nobody Loves You Like Me. And we're going to play that. We're going to pay some bills. And then we will be back with more Time on the Air with Len Peralta. You are listening to Alpha Geek Interviews live on Versus the World Radio. VTWProductions.com. Check us out on the web. Go to the Shows tab. Check out all the fine shows on the Versus the World Network. You will be glad that you did. We'll be back right after this. Versus the World Productions. Putting the internet culture in a petri dish and under the microscope. www.vtwproductions.com. Here at the bar, who cares what I do? I'm all alone, but I'm drinking for two. Drowning the man that I used to be. Nobody loves you like me. I won't sign a thing, or else if I do, I'll use a pencil and that will show you how nothing lasts, how nothing is free. Nobody loves you like me, I shouldn't stay, I think you'll agree, it's no good for you, no better for me. I'll go to a place far away, somewhere you'll never find me. I catch a look, a thing that you say, out on the fire escape, smoking all day, missing someone, now who could it be? Nobody loves you like me Noises outside, the trucks in the street Will cover my flight, my hero's retreat I'm supposed to feel bad, but I don't anymore Only when you remind me a cough and a wheeze Holes in the bellows And blood on the keys You move along There's nothing to see Nobody loves you like me Nobody loves you like me 
Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality or their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Alpha Geek Interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to interact with the show and you are a podcast listener, the email address is theshow at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. Continuing our conversation with internet artist and sometimes podcaster Len Peralta. Welcome back on the air. Thank you. It's good to be back. Now, some of the other fun things you do on your site, and go ahead and give us a shameless plug for your main website here and now. Yeah, it's lenperalta.com. That is L-E-N-P-E-R-A-L-T-A. And your traffic just spiked. You just you just watch it happen. <laughs> awesome. I, I'm a little full of myself. Um, <laughs> so right on this front page here, we see an interesting section called Monster by Mail. What the heck is that? Well, Monster by Mail uh, is an art project that I started in 2007, uh, which was a way to actually pay for the, the birth of my, uh, my, my daughter, who is now four. And uh, uh, it was, we were, you know, I, I'm self-employed, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working guy trying to, you know, take care of my family and everything like that. And, uh, and it was going to be our first child that we'd have to pay out of pocket. So uh, my wife did some research, figured out how much it was going to be, and uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to draw monsters. I'm going to raise money. I'm going to raise the money. I'm going to draw monsters. And uh, so uh, not only did I draw the monster, but I but I would also do a video of the monster as well. And so I asked people to give um, give me a, a word. Just give me a word, and I'll draw the monster. And my original goal was 150. And I sold out in less than a week. I sold out of all 150 monsters in less than a week. Awesome. So I'm like, ooh, well, there must, this must be something popular here. So I opened it up, up again with a different theme. Uh, still monsters, but like I think it was like monster movie titles or something. And I sold sold out again. Like It, it was just crazy. So uh, since 2007, I've drawn, I want to say, close to 1,500 monsters. Um, it was, I've drawn a lot of monsters. <laughs> I've drawn quite a few. In a good way. And, uh, in a good way. Yes, it was, it was in a good way. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it was just this neat little thing. And right all, you know, right now it's just, uh, um, it, it's, it's just kind of out there. It's another one of these old art projects that I do. And, and, and I just kind of keep it open for the heck of it. And I just, I'm checking right now. Yes, I'm close to drawing 1500, not exactly 1500. It's 1,441 monsters. So you're closing in on the big one, five Oh, Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, so I guess if anybody's listening to this and has an order, one to go to monster, right now, help How me make the that. time get there. We can do it. Just look what you did to Kickstarter. My God, this should be easy. <laughs> Crushed it. Now, for those of us who are forum dwellers and social media denizens, I see you have an offering here called Flipface, which is right up the alley. Tell us about oh, that. Yes. Well, Flipface is, uh, it, you know, that was that was actually started as kind of like a, a half joke. Uh, I was, I, I was, I was, I think I was trying to come up with my own avatar for Facebook, and I ended up doing like a little duck face or, or something. I ended up doing a bunch of like dumb ones, uh, and someone had written to me, you know what? I I'd buy one of these if you draw them. I said really, so I I uh, I, I started that up, and um, uh, and once again, just like Monster Mail, it ended up getting being really really popular. People. Um, uh, basically, what it is is I draw your avatar 
social media icon for for Twitter or Facebook, and uh, and it's they're really inexpensive. I do three different versions. I do uh, a black and a black and white version for ten bucks. Uh, I do the color version, which is the original original recipe flip phase for fifteen. And then if you want to get a little fancy, it's twenty bucks for a zombie flip phase. So you can turn yourself actually into a zombie for your social media stuff. So it's um and uh, and and that's been that I, I started that in two thousand nine and uh, and it's uh, it's been really really popular. It's another one of these little things that I've done um, that is just real small and uh, and. You know, if there's, if you want to commission me, I try to, I try to use the idea that Keith Haring had when he was doing his art, which is art should be accessible by all, not by just people who have thousands and thousands of dollars who want to commission an artist. You should be able to get art and, and make it affordable, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep the Keith Haring idea fresh and alive, even though he has passed. So, and we thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. We are the, we are the screaming horde, and uh, we would like one art, please. <laughs> yes, yeah. I um, I, it's funny because there's a couple other sites. I have not updated the Len Peralta site in a while, but there are a couple other sites um, that are are interesting and kind of experimental, I guess, in a way. There's there's a Tumblr. Uh, which is at uh, lenperalta.tumblr.com, which is called the Assembly Line, and uh, I, I came up with that name because I—that's sometimes that's the way I feel—is that like I'm doing so much art, sometimes it feels like, well, I'm the Assembly Line, yep. and you know, this is the process, and I go through this process multiple times per day, and so I thought, well, it might be kind of fun to show. People seem to like watching art being created. Um, and, you know, because in some ways I know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Jerry from Penny Arcade was saying that he sees all art as sorcery. He doesn't understand how, how anybody does that. Well, he's the writer. <laughs> he's, but he's, uh, he kind of sees it as sorcery. Well, I see so, his writing as sorcery. I wish I could write half as well as he does. So it's all well, yeah, that's the same way. I, I feel the same way about music. I, you know, the people who do music and uh, create songs, that to me is like is sorcery. That's yeah, total uh, FM. FM all the way. <laughs> so... Um, so what, what what I do for the assembly line is is I just kind of I, I post uh, drawings in process. I show you what the pencil sketches look like, uh, changes I make, uh, how I add color to it, and, and how I how I paint it to make it to, into a final uh, final image. And so I started that over the summer, and I was doing these geek pinups of different kind of female uh, and male uh, uh, geek. Uh, icons out there, like little geeky ladies, mostly, um, and uh, and so you'd be able to see the process of that being done. Uh, so there's there's that, and then uh, something else called um, the Fifty versus Fifty, which is uh, which was a project I'm I'm going to launch again here soon uh, for Halloween, which I'll, I can draw you as a zombie or something. So <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I, very I try to keep myself show, busy. Though. You and me going, <laughs> and scene. Very good. Uh, I'd like to see more emotion in that. I didn't believe the zombie that one. Could you do another one for me? My jaw fell off. <laughs> Jeez. Can we get a replacement zombie, please? This isn't working. Damn it. But anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other story. So the assembly line on Tumblr, uh, this uh, recurring thing I've been seeing on the internet is lots of artists very generously sharing their process, and I see a lot of very encouraged budding artists in various different fields who are latching onto this and saying, "Hey, you know, if not for this, I may not have pursued." And thought that I could successfully learn how to be an artist and define whatever you know their style or their niches. Yeah. Saw the similar had the similar feeling towards the um, thing a week blog that Jonathan Colton did, where he would you know talk about the process of the, mm-hmm. the songs and, and even the redo. He's gone back and you know revisited the thing a week and you know from the perspective of a couple of years down the line and going back to here. Here's what happened after. Um, so this. On the internet in particular, a lot of people opening up their lives and saying, here's how I get it done, 
so that maybe you can take a piece of this and you can achieve something you might not have otherwise. Sure, That's sure. A, that, There's a, no a very reason. Generous I mean, thing. Uh, people just want. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people just want other people to succeed. You know what I mean? And, and, and if, if you have questions, that's the beauty thing about the internet is you can ask questions to people. Uh, you know, of, of all kinds of skill levels. I mean, I, I always, I, I have never stopped learning. You know, and I always feel like I I don't want to plateau, which is like the scariest thing. Like as an artist, <laughs> like just plateauing being more the of, same, more of the same, more of the same. Exactly, and uh, and it, it's hard. It's hard um, to uh, to kind of break through that. Uh, so I'm always whenever I see an artist. Uh, that I like, I always make a point of ripping them off, and uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I, you know what I, they you know, say. I, I find out, I befriend them, and I find out their secrets, and then I secretly uh, dispose of them. They say that talent borrows and genius steals. <laughs> so there you go. You're yeah. doing it right. <laughs> but yeah, so the assembly line for perhaps the interested uh, fellow artist, or just someone who has curiosity about how art comes to be in this modern age. And the, you know, I've seen the various, um, like Mike from uh, Penny Arcade, will get on the internet and you know take the output from his tablet and stream it live so people can see yeah. it as it happens. Um, I think that's a, a really neat idea. And for someone like me who has not a cell of artistic ability in me as far as you know, being able to, to draw or create anything from nothing... Again, that is—it's still magic to me. When I see, when I see it being done, I see how it is done. It is still total magic because with those same tools, I could never produce what you produce. <laughs> so, thank you for the insight. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. I, um, you know, I, I wish one of these days I'm going to get my act together and actually create like a, a a channel or something on UStream or somewhere where people can actually watch me work during the day I, I i i always forget that i can do that and uh and usually i'm working so quickly that uh, i don't even bother to stop to uh to try to to live stream that it's the assembly line it is the assembly line and you know i gotta um i gotta I, I, you know one of these days I'll, I'll get my act together i actually did that uh, uh briefly last year uh when i was putting together this book called look uh, I was actually putting together, um, I would spend like an hour or two online and people could actually watch me uh, paint uh, frames from the book, which was really neat. Um, and I really enjoyed that process. So uh, so I just got to do more of that. And uh, I get a lot of requests for that. And I just, you know, I don't know. We look forward to that. <laughs> now, the best method for interested parties to tune in where are you most active are you hanging on twitter most facebook very one of your various sites what's the what's the central hub for us well right now uh the the, the podcast that i used to do uh called jawbone radio is kind of uh taking a a back seat right now we haven't done uh that's an episode that's a, a podcast with my wife and i we, we would record whenever we, we can so far this year we've done one episode <laughs> so welcome to parenthood um, uh, so, but but we you know you can you can uh, you can follow me uh, uh, on Twitter though at, uh, at at Jawbone Radio or at Geek Week you can you can uh, you can follow me on on Twitter and, and get all the updates uh, and you can also search for me on um, on Facebook at at Len Peralta and, and uh, become a fan of my work there or just go to lenperalta.com and uh, and you know there's a little button there that says uh, hire me. And that would be a that would be a good place for you to go <laughs> and get in touch with me because I will write back to you right away if you if you say uh, if I get a little mail in my email, email box that says I want to hire you so that's another great way to get in touch with me. <laughs> Expect a uh, flip face commission from me shortly. Awesome, awesome. I need I need me an avatar. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now this brings us to. The section of the show where I hit you, I get my James Lipton on. Nice. And I hit you with the ever evolving questionnaire that uh, was lifted more or less uh, completely from inside the actor's studio and then adapted for our nerdy purposes. Are you sitting comfortably? I am sitting comfortably. Well, stand up and be uncomfortable. This is. Okay. <laughs> Please. 
My legs. Please, sir. All right. Len, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is Baldwin. And what is your least favorite word? Alec. See, there's a whole tangent there. We're just waiting to happen. (laughs) So you're you're a very particular. Um, are you more of an Adam fan? Or am I going to go out on a limb? No, here? you know you had mentioned the, um, uh, the behind the actors inside the actor's uh-huh. studio, and the, with James Lipton. And the one episode I remember seeing was Adam Adam Baldwin, and uh, I actually I actually enjoyed that a lot. Um, and uh, and I just realized that I'm, I like Alec Baldwin. I don't. I like I like. Uh, I just, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's going to come back to haunt. The brain no, is I, an um, interesting point. Yeah. We'll fix no, it in I post. Just, I like the Baldwin brothers. They're okay. <laughs> what what uh, turns you on? Uh, creatively, spiritually, whatever. What turns me on? This is a, These are questions that they asked inside the actor's studio for oh, real? The, the, so far, these are un- unedited versions of the ones <laughs> that they hit them with. We're about to get into the slightly <laughs> edited section. That doesn't have to be, uh, like, you know, what turns um, you on, baby. That's why I put on the, the little coda there of creative spiritually. Creative, you know, okay, yeah. I don't, yeah. If, you know, I don't know if you're expecting me to say, like, hentai or something like that. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, <laughs> uh, tentacle porn? I don't know. No, I actually... To each his own, is what I say. <laughs> the, um, no, you know, uh, what turns me on creatively, I want to be the little, the little coda there, okay. is just... Um, seeing something that just moves me, like, like you know, I, I see a lot of art, and I'm, I, I look at it, and I think, wow, that, that's that's good. But I, when when I see something that's like completely different, original, um, well done, um, and thought out, uh, that's what turns me on creatively. It's just like, wow, that's so cool. And I guess I'm looking for things that inspire me, you know, like. Like if if a piece of art actually like wow that's that's really inspirational. I just talked to Molly Crabapple from um, uh, who created she's an artist who created uh, Doctor Sketchy, uh, the um, anti art schools that are like a movement around the world, and uh, and talking to her was just such a huge inspiration um, because uh, she took something that people. Uh, are so think it's so lofty, which is life drawing, and bring a lot of fun and excitement and uh, and, and some sex to it, and it was it's just so it's so exciting. So when I see stuff like that, and I get inspired by that. That's what turns me. On. Is that a good answer? That's a great answer. <laughs> You're doing it right. Awesome. What turns you off? Mean people. <laughs> I don't know. You know what turns me off, honestly, is um, it's, it's people. Yeah, I mean, like taking that mean people idea. Just you know, people are just like are just are just cruel to one another. <laughs> like, and I see a lot of it online on Twitter, and it's like, you know, so many people are just so down. Sociop- and, sociopaths. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're yeah, they're not they're not happy, and um, and it shows. And, and, uh, and that's that's just a downer to me, man. And they want to share it with us. Yeah. Then why why do that? You know what I mean? I, you got me. <laughs> it's like just you know it, it, you know if you're not happy, then don't go online. This you know? is true. No one, no one wants to share. No, I think a lot of people want to get online to get away from that. Why would you want to bring that? So anyway, it's John Gabriel's uh, Greater Internet Bleepwad Theory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Recurring theme here on Versus the World View. All right. What is the nerdiest thing that you have ever done and been proud of? (laughs) (laughs) So many candidates. I'm glad you you said been proud of because uh, there are some things I've done really geeky that I've not been proud of and been embarrassed about. Just wait for my my next question. Um. No, I, I gotta say, um, I gotta say, Geek a Week. Honestly, I mean, I, I, um, I know that sounds like so self-promoting, and maybe it is. But, but are, are you proud of it? I am proud it's of it. Pretty I am damn really, nerdy. You know, it, it, it was funny because like, I talked about that the the panel last week 
uh, at Dragon Con, and uh, I was thinking a lot about it. And leading up to it, I was I, I had some personal issues with my uh, uh, with my dad, and uh, and and you know he's 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 sick, and so I was kind of distracted leading up to uh, leading up to it. So I hadn't really put a lot of thought into it. So when I got to Atlanta to do the panel, um, part of me was kind of um, disjointed. Like I, I hadn't necessarily prepared the way I wanted to, to prepare, and uh, and when I got back home, I was thinking, wow, that that happened. Like that was cool. I had, I had uh, Bill Corbett and Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff and Aaron Douglas from BSG and Molly Lewis and Paul and Storm and Phil Plate and, and Veronica Belmont. All these people on this panel, and and for me, I felt like I didn't I didn't own it. Like I should have like been a little bit more like. Yeah, this is mine, but I but it, I, I kind of like stood back a little bit. So, but thinking about it now, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, this is like really cool, and I I, I hate, I guess that's just not me. Like, like I, I hate to be the guy who's like so proud of every, you know, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm saying it correctly. It's coming, not, it's I, coming through. It's it's hard to to do that in the moment when it's something you've created and in your brain are all the things that you wanted to do better about it and yeah. the human nature is to is to focus on well I, I had wanted to do so much more and there wasn't enough time and, and we tend to lose focus on but look at all the crap you did do <laughs> and remind that okay so you didn't do two percent there's 98 percent here that's pretty damn awesome <laughs> So I think you yeah, have every I, reason and, to be and, proud of that one. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, everybody!" And even though that's what the panel, I guess, was about, I didn't want everybody to be like, "Hey, look, look at, at me. me! I'm great." Um, I didn't want any of that. But but I I think maybe I, I should have let myself <laughs> wallow, kind of wallow a in it a little, little bit. I don't know. I don't, human human nature is a funny thing. But the foreshadowed other side to this question now is, what's the nerdiest thing you have ever done and been ashamed of? <laughs> I actually talked about this on another podcast. Uh, and this is kind of embarrassing. Bring but when it. I was a, when I was a kid, uh, I was a huge Star Wars fan, and I I, I remember making a bunch of phone calls. Uh, I learned how to use the phone um, uh, the phone book, and I tried to call the characters from Star Wars. I tried to call Han Solo. <laughs> I tried to call- <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it was, you know, and it was, and it was, they were all wrong numbers. Of course. Like they were completely wrong and, and I got in a lot of trouble. Well, you didn't have the was, Alderaan yellow pages. I mean, come on. What were you was, like, five? I was like, we got all these, we got this phone bill. I remember, and my mom was so, so mad. You She's think? Like, Who are you calling in LA? I'm like, I'm trying to call Luke Skywalker. And it was bad, bad. But that was, that was, um, I think that was a precursor to me you know, doing Geek a Week. It bodes, it, it bodes well. It just didn't look like it boded well at the time. Yeah, you know, and it was just, I was so, I loved that movie so much, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be in that movie. You know, okay, so here's a, here's a tangent for you, recent history, because the phrase, God damn it, George, has been uttered on our network quite a bit lately, <laughs> where Mr. Lucas keeps tampering, and yes. the latest, the Blu-ray release has more tampering. What's your feeling on that? Uh, you know, I actually had a conversation with this with, with a friend of mine last week, and uh, I, I don't, I don't understand why. I, I mean, the one that everybody seems to be upset about is the no. That um, scene was beautiful the way it was. It was. It, it was. It, it communicated it was everything it needed to. Now I understand why they did it. Like, the, like the thought process behind it was because they wanted to kind of connect. Revenge of the Sith with Return of the Jedi with that no moment. So I understand that. But someone should have stopped him and said, you know yeah. what? No. You don't need to do that. You don't. It's, it's so poetic. I remember being um, a 12-year-old kid sitting in Parmatown Mall movie theater watching that with my parents and being the only kid that stood up during that scene because to me, I was that, that was just like a... That was uh, such a transcendent moment. Uh-huh. Watching this character turn in front of you was just—it just blew my mind. Uh, and I don't think it needed anything else. So I think I, I will put you uh, firmly in the "goddamn it, George" camp. Yes, I—I I, I mean, I understand why his thinking and his reasoning behind it, because he's trying to 
kind of create these right. these like through lines. But no, but that one, no one liked that through line to begin with, yeah. and you created that through line. You know, years after the original, the original, why even try to connect the two back together? I just don't understand. So. Okay, back from tangent. Back to the questionnaire. <laughs> what is your favorite gadget? My favorite gadget is currently uh, is my iPad. I I, uh, I I don't think I could live either without my iPad or my iPod um, uh, or my iPhone. Uh, the 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 iPad though was my favorite gadget though because in some way I love it. Um, and I didn't think I would, uh, you know, when I when I was like, oh, it's kind of like a non-believer. But I really, uh, it's 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 um, it's a great little tool, and uh, I I don't even think I've scratched the surface on what it can do yet. I just love the fact that I don't have to have this huge laptop on my on my uh, my lap when I'm working, and I can do other things. Um, it's just a nice little. Um, uh, you know, rep- not replacement, I guess, for a laptop. But Supp- it is. A, I, I really enjoy it a lot. I enjoy that a lot. Now, you and I were in the same camp of. Uh, I was very vocal on on the air about not thinking that the iPad was much of anything, and then I got one. And I'm a yeah, total. Oh, conference. you know, can I can I add another one Shoot. that I like? I guess um, if I were to if 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 I were to not be an Apple fanboy, right, which I am, and say something else that isn't Apple, my favorite gadget is TiVo. Ah. <laughs> Yes, I I was first generation TiVo early adopter and have, have never you, you will pry it out of my dead cold hands before I will give it up. Yeah, you know I remember I, I for some reason I in the mail I had gotten a DVD of like TiVo like the DVD uh, like selling TiVo to me and so I popped it in I remember watching it and I'm thinking this what. I don't get this thing. Until you experienced it. Yes, you. I actually had to get it to try it out, and I was like, "This has changed my life completely." Yeah, my I wife. Mean, my wife didn't get it, and I was insistent, and she's like, oh, "I married you. I love you. I knew what I was marrying. Just get the damn expensive thing." And then within 15 minutes of it being there on the TV, she's like. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> it is. Have you seen the new TiVo coming out? It records like 300 hours. Yeah, it's four got three, different... three terabyte drive and it's four freaking tuners on it. <laughs> four tuners. Like, there's not enough media in all the world. I mean... <laughs> not media. There's not enough time. Yeah, was, I'm lucky if true. I can watch maybe an hour of television a night. Well, see, I need know? to talk to you about getting your iPad all set up with a sling box because uh, that'll take <gasps> care of that. And then Ooh. your entire... Ability to make money and be productive will vanish. <laughs> can you can you hook me up with a sling box? That would be awesome. It's not that hard. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> so yes, okay. I think we've, we've firmly established we are in the presence of a couple of TiVo fanboys. Yes, exactly. Damn. And I always am scared. Like, oh, it wins the next. Uh, I do. Am I gonna have to get this? Because it's expensive. It's expensive to to get the lifetime and. Oh yeah, no. I, I I'm holding on to my HD, which was it was a long, slow uh, conversion to the HD, and of course, right after I got it, they released the premiere. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> I know. Yeah, I uh, I try. I'm trying to treat it gently yeah. so it does not, you know, leave us too soon. The but. new, I mean, the premiere has the full iPad support. My HD doesn't, and so the the new one, the super premiere or whatever. It is going to have all that in space, and like, right, I'm going to have to buy one. <laughs> They're trying to bankrupt me, I tell you. Yes, they are. All they right, are. moving along. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> you know what? I'm going back to the uh, to the Alec Baldwin interview. He said something like "nutbags," and I'm thinking. <laughs> I remember watching that Alec Baldwin interview, thinking "nutbag." For real, that's your favorite curse word is nutbag. People are weird. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one. Nutbag. Nutbag. Yes. See, recently I've I've actually had several of my interviewees' responses integrate themselves into my vocabulary. So thanks to Mary and Call, I now use the word frackabanjo in a sentence. Frackabanjo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yeah, who doesn't want to say Frack a banjo? I mean, come on. You can, yeah, you can, you can just come up with all sorts of different, uh, like a brand new uh, language. Exactly. Different curse words. I find it funny that uh, that Marion didn't actually use a real curse word. That's very cute. She had just come up with Frack a banjo because she was fracking tired of dealing with a banjo during a recording session. So it was it was uh, tops on her mind at the moment. And, you know, the only reason I said nutbag was because of Alec Baldwin, who I always think we established at the top of this interview that... 
I, I do not like. You think? <laughs> there were some clues. A little bit, In yeah. case you weren't listening or you're just joining us late in the show, uh, <laughs> just rewind the miracle of podcast. You can go backwards and listen to, um, yeah, anyway. So, closing in on the end here, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Wow. I've asked that question to people, and I never actually thought gotcha. what I would want to do. You know, um, if, if I weren't an artist... I, you know, there's two things. I would either want to be uh, uh, a film director, you know, where I'd be able to, like, if I could, like, like, if I, if people would take a chance and, like, give me a, a chance to work with, like, a multi-million dollar budget, I'd want to be a film director, right? And direct one big budget film. Barring that, I think I would like to be a lobster man, even though I know I would probably two minutes into the trip, I would probably get swept into the water and drown and die. For the glorious two minutes it would be. <laughs> a glorious two minutes, I can say I was actually a lobster man. You know, I get to wear one of those big, thick cable knit sweaters and, you know, have lobster pots and, and, and then like be like, wow, look at this, man, this is awesome. And then like be, be riding home, singing a shanty <laughs> down below, <laughs> eating lobster. Not romanticized at all here, people. <laughs> no, not at all. There's, this is a very, it's a very simple job. I look at it as like it's a very simple job. But yes, I know, yeah, I know the, the, the pain and the anguish that goes into being a lobster man. I just, you know, I'm just looking at lobster roll sandwiches. That's what I'm looking mm. at at the end. <laughs> Free lobster roll sandwiches. So maybe you're saying you want to be a short order cook who makes lobster sandwiches. <laughs> yes, I guess, I guess that's all I'm going to be. Yes, that's what I'm, I'm striving to be. And what profession would you absolutely not want to participate in? You know, I'd, I'd hate to work uh, uh, in any government capacity. Uh, I'd hate to work... Uh, Civil for, service, not your thing? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't think I'd be very happy doing that. Uh, it just, you know, those people never look happy to me. And I don't think I'd be very happy. And finally, if... Heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> uh, can you draw my flip face, man? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, here's an in really infinitely can't. large sheet of a board to work on <laughs> and a never ending pen. Now get if, started. If, yeah. If I got up there and someone said, you know what? We've been talking about you. We had a project in mind for you. I'd be like, ah, this is great. Can you imagine like, um, you know, oh, wow. That'd be like so awesome. Like, yeah. You know, I'd be on like heaven Twitter uh -huh. and be like, yeah, I just drew God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this happened. Yes. <laughs> a twit pic of. Yes, of this happened. Like you. This huge, <laughs> <laughs> glow behind me, you know, and uh, that would be pretty awesome. I haven't that seen the, the trend cool. of, of people just linking. Yeah, this just happened, and then they do something completely awesome, and then you you link. What it would you, be is that the Almighty, you just, you just you know? tweeted that you died. Is that what that's? <laughs> this that just happened, the but then this happened. <laughs> See you Look on the I other side. Great dinner tonight with God, Saint Peter. <laughs> St. Francis. Yeah, it was great. Man. All the angels and saints, you know. All the angels and saints. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty cool. Actually, I know a lot of people that would be like, jealous. <laughs> you know, like, wow. You got to meet everybody, Len. That's awesome. <laughs> and the occasional person responding with, meh. Because <laughs> we're out there. <laughs> Block. <laughs> Unfollowed. Unfollow. There is no one following heaven. That's pretty awesome. I, I, I would actually, I actually look forward to that. That'd be great. <laughs> you now have a plan for the afterlife. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come geek out oh, with us. Oh, thank here. you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you consider me an alpha geek. You so. are, in, you are our alpha geek for the day. <laughs> Glory in it, revel in it, uh, all the special privileges, all, none of them, that uh, are coming your way. <laughs> Bow before land. Right. Kiss the ring. Kiss the ring. <laughs> oh, there is no ring. Um, so, join us next week when, and watch the front page of vtwproductions.com for the final time and date of this one. But we are looking at having Mr. Brian Ibbett from Coverville.com. Mm -hmm. 
Brian. He of the shiny pate. Yes. The eyebot, if you will. The eyebot. Yes. In fact, I may actually have to commission a uh, flip face of him uh, <laughs> in the form of eyebot. Uh, I have drawn him as the eyebot before. Really? I have to go find that one. Yeah. Put it up on the announcement once we finally corner him and corral him into actually committing to a freaking time to come on the air. But I'm not bitter. Awesome. He's a little. He's a little busy. The man's busy. You know, putting out ten hundred million podcasts a day. Oh, guy's crazy. He's a little prolific, just a little bit. And if you don't know what that word word means, kids, go look it up. It's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> All righty then. So keep an eye on the front page of vtwproductions.com. Also in the ringer, we have uh, Hank Green coming up sometime real soon. We had to reschedule that one at the last second, unfortunately. We are working hard behind the scenes to try and put it all together for your ears to consume. Join me Sundays for Casually Hardcore, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Me and my fellow nerds get together and hang out for two hours, and that's two hours of your life that you just won't get back at the end. (laughs) That wasn't a very ringing endorsement, was it? (laughs) Not so much. All right. I have been Other Todd. That has been Len Peralta. Thank you. What is your parting shot before we go into the ether? Frack-a-banjo. Frack-a-banjo. A fine, fine example of the breed. Thank you for joining us, and we are out of here. See ya. Versus the World Productions. Scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com